there's a ghost in the theater. But I would walk in the scary building, it's pitch black in there, and you know, the ghost lights on and it's way, way on the stage and I'd walk, put my hand across the wall to go upstairs and flip on a light and say, hello, hello everybody, don't worry, I'm here, everything's cool, blah, blah, blah. Because I knew they were there. So one time I'm running the show and I'm up there and we're in the part right before the ghost thingy's gonna happen with the things and the smoke and all that shit. And I see something in my periphery and I'm like, who the fuck is sitting on top of the banner? The banner railing, like like they're sitting on the like they're sitting on top of it, and it's like two three stories up is where the thing is, and it's sitting on the old banner railing, and I'm okay, and dude. I'm like, who the fuck is sitting there? And I look and I see a person there, and I'm like, what the fuck? And I look back and I do my cue, and the whole thingy happens, and I look back and there's no one there, and I'm like, what the fuck <laughs> is happening? I was like, why before the ghost cue the go? I mean, there was. They were like sitting on the, just sitting on the banner railing, like watching the play. Awesome. And it was like, but the thing is so many people had been dead in that building anyways, because it was a, because it was a mortuary (laughs) chapel thing. Like that every time you were, I would never go into the dressing room alone. I would, I would go up and turn the lights on and then sort of turn the rest of the lights on in the place. But I never went in the dressing room. I wouldn't even really go backstage and clean anything up until there was another person in the building because of the ghosts. Cause I knew like this place is fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) that's my that's my ghost story from the sledgehammer theater yeah i don't know the closest thing i have to a ghost story is uh i was um building uh ukuleles uh a while back i used to do japanese woodworking i was making ukuleles and um it was right when i first started i had no idea what i was doing so i had like manuals and stuff and um i had this uncle who passed away from leukemia and he was like a professional woodworker and all this stuff. And I'm sitting there sanding this piece of wood and I just kind of like zone out and zero drugs, zero whatever, just like doing this thing. And I'm like, all of a sudden I'm just like doing this shit and like this weird amount of time had gone by and I'd done kind of this awesome thing. And I was just got this weird feeling that it just like wasn't even me. Oh. Like it, like it was like, uh, like I felt like it was my uncle David, like, going, Oh, I want to do this. Like, like he was just kind of like taken over for a second. Wow. Yeah. Like, like it was really cool. It was great. It was a great experience. There was like no scariness about it whatsoever, but it was just like, this is what the fuck was that? You know, like, like he wanted to fucking sand that piece of wood. Like he wanted to like get his hands on that because that was his life was right. was woodworking. Um, that was like the only but like I've been I mean these stories. I mean some of them are scary stories and some of them are ghost stories. The scary stories are fucking disgusting. But um, yeah, and the guy that reads them, the guy that reads them uh, uh, is this gentleman, and uh, he sounds very ghetto. And he does this cadence, and like, um, like if he was to say nothing, he would pronounce the G on the end of it. He'd be like, yeah, and then there was nothing, and like uh, he can't pronounce like half the words. And he's like, I went to the store, and at the store I bought nothing, and then I went down the street, and that's like how he reads the whole story. So it's horrifying, <laughs> like absolutely fucking horrifying. And I've listened to like seven hours of this guy at this point. Um, but yeah, no, I really want to write scary story jokes. I want to do a scary story joke show. Sounds good. Pick yeah. Saturday. Yeah. Well, I, I think we should wait till Halloween. I don't really want to hone it in. Yeah. That's yeah. a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah that's good stuff. Um, right. Do you want to talk to Jonathan? Do you have anything to say? Yeah. Jonathan's another Danville guy. No. No. No? Aren't you? No. Um, good for you, John. My sister knows a lot of people from Danville. I thought you were a Danville guy. Where are you from? I'm from Inglewood. Los Angeles. Oh, no shit. Oh, yeah. wow. Nice. Very different from I Danville. <laughs> almost lived there. But I went to school in Santa Monica, so it, uh, it sounds very similar to a lot of Santa Monica. 
or northern Santa Monica area. Well, this is uh, Pam's boyfriend, BTW. Yep. Yeah. By the way. Yeah. 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 Uh, gotcha. Yeah. Um, is that anywhere uh, near uh, Anthony Medina's place, like 75th Alameda? Inglewood? Uh, yeah. yeah. Pretty close. Uh, he was more West LA or uh, South Central or East LA. I guess that would be East LA. Yeah, yeah there's I some, lived in East LA. There's some serious tacos out there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I, had, I went to church in downtown LA. My uncle was a pastor, and we were in Pico Union. And okay. So there were tacos, the you know taco trucks everywhere, and that was so good. I or could not was, find sushi my whole trip in LA. I was like, "Is there easy sushi anywhere?" And they're like, "No, man, you gotta go get tacos at this place." And I was like, "No, I want fucking sushi. I don't want another goddamn taco." Go. So they're like, "No, but you, you gotta try this burrito, man." I'm like, "I eat." And I'm like, "No." I'm like, "Where can I get sushi?" I live in East Oakland. I need sushi. <laughs> yeah, I have good burritos. Yeah, you gotta go to Vaughn's for that. Right. Which is safely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that Jonathan and I really bonded on is that we were both raised in really, really religious homes, and we both negate that upbringing. Not in, like, an anarchistic way where we go out and murder people together, but in a way where, like, we we decided that that's... I mean, we're very, we're still very nice people. You guys are a I little true romance Yeah. Yeah. You should try murder, though. It's cathartic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or sex in a phone booth. Well, that's fine. I don't oh, mind like yeah, any like yeah, yeah. or both at the same time. I mean, bring a third into the mix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it, it, Jesus wasn't the bad guy. It's the I like uh, Jesus. I think he was the good guy. But um, the rest of the religion and all the stuff that I know his church did and my church, they sound very similar in the way they tried to shape and mold us. And no, it's that never might the, not have been the best. It's never the story that that causes all the the violence and war and chaos. It's the fucking fundamentalist psychopaths yeah. and the information and the power and control and it just gets ridiculous. I lost I lost all my faith when my dog died and that bitch of a teacher told me that my dog wouldn't go to heaven. My fifth grade teacher, Mrs. Blake, said the same thing, but she went farther and she said that my grandmother was going to hell because she was Catholic. She said that Catholicism was a cult. That's what San Ramon Valley Christian Academy taught us, that everything other than Presbyterianism really is a cult. So even like Lutherans, they were pretty much like Lutherans, Catholics, Buddhists, Hindus, all cults, Mormons, Sikhs, anything other than Jesus is your Lord and Savior and died for your sins. Who the fuck were the Knights of the Columbus? Who are the Knights of Columbus? They were they were these weirdos. Like I went to school one night because I had like basketball practice, and uh, I went into like that room between like the church and the gym, uh, like the re- I don't know whatever it's called. There was like some weird room. There's like offices and shit in there, and I walk in there because that's where the water faucet thing was. And there was all these weirdos in robes, like not like KKK robes, but close. Right. If and you want to know the answer to this question, just listen to podcast number three. Oh yeah, Robbie. When Robbie already yeah, answered it. Yeah, for yeah, you. yeah, yeah, yeah. Robbie already answered it. <laughs> right. Go on with Sean your story. Yeah. Sorry, I'm such a yeah, not, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No, I was wondering if Pam had any encounters with the no, Knights of Columbus. No Knights of Columbus. I think it's some Illuminati shit. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I was thinking Templar or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but the fucked up thing is that Robbie knew exactly what it was. Exactly, he's like, oh yeah, we had a guess that he knows. He he gets obsessive about. Dude, he just interviewed Barry Crimmins on his on his podcast. Yeah, I don't know who Barry Crimmins. Oh, is. did you see? Uh, Call me lucky. 
No. Bobcat hey. Goldthwait directed it. I know who Bobcat oh. Goldthwait is. Yeah, no, this, uh, Barry Crimmins is this uh, famous political comic from like the 70s. Basically and, brought down AOL's kitty porn ring. Wow. Yeah, this, this guy was uh, molested as a kid and he went on AOL to find a support group about it when AOL first, and all he found was child porn. Wow. And it was parents putting up their own kids. <gasps> yeah, and like, he brought the whole fucking, kids. dude, watch Whoa. Call Me Lucky on Netflix. Yeah, it's on Netflix. It's It'll amazing. make you cry, but it's the best movie ever. Wow. Yeah, it's uh, parents are assholes. We'll I thought comedians were assholes, but parents. Yeah, no, yeah, watch it. It's a, it's a downer, but it's it, worth well, it. Actually, I mean, it's it's a downer and it's funny. It's it's really like uh, provocative. Yeah, it's a very smart film. Yeah, yeah, and so but anyways, our buddy got to interview the guy. Wow. Yeah, and his interview with him is fucking fantastic. Yeah, um, and he uh, interviewed him about uh, comedy, and he, for the first half of the podcast, he talks about what's wrong with comedy now and it, uh, all of the stuff he says is fucking fantastic um, it's media roots uh with barry Cremens as the episode came out last week and um and then he goes into like all this politics stuff that i sort of understood i'm not a really political person um but uh either way the guy is so um emphatic that it's just he's great to listen to no matter what and just like his little nuances and his little phrases and stuff that he says are just hilarious either way you you would really like barry crimmins yeah he's he's amazing yeah he gave a lot of comics their start like uh oh yeah because they, they worked like out Bob, chinese, he gave bobcat his start yeah the, out of that chinese he, he actually restaurant. got bobcat sober yeah Whoa. yeah yeah um, yeah, he's Bobcat's best friend. Wow. Um, yeah, no, yeah. Call me lucky. It's uh, a yeah, fantastic, 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 fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Do we have any questions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, we got uh, we got a show. We're doing a show Friday. Yeah, we're doing a show Friday. Yeah. It's the four year anniversary of Fantastic's Comedy Clubhouse. Yeah, I'm really nice. excited. I can't wait. Yeah, it should be really fun. I'm excited for Ruby Gill. Yeah, I'm excited for you. Yeah. I'm excited to see Jesse Head. He always is very Jesse's on the show too? Yeah. Awesome. I love Jesse. Yeah. There's new the new, new seats chairs, will be here. Yeah. The new chairs will be here. Ooh, fancy yeah, time. So backs and arms on the chairs now. Wow. Yeah. Well actually that I sorta of had this realization that I cannot charge ten dollars a sh- a person per show at the festival if we didn't have chairs with backs. I can't make people sit on squeaky, weird pews, benches. benches. Right. I mean, what the fuck? You know, yeah, like, yeah. so I'm going to throw, when we get them on Friday, I'm going to just, every, anything that isn't foldable is going away. Yeah. And um, the st- stackable or foldable. And then everything else I'm just going to put on the street and hopefully people will pick it up. Oh, they will. Oh, they will. People yeah. oh, always pick shit up. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, yeah, everything, this, this Friday should be a good show. I'm going to, keep putting promotion out try to get people to come that's uh friday the 29th friday the 29th and it's been it's mean it's been every friday for the past four years from eight to ten so it's like i mean i would it's just a matter of telling people i would hope that comics would come out and be like hey it's been four years congratulations right but you know i it's doubtful (laughs) yeah but no yeah come come see me on my home court yeah 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 yeah, I'm trying I mean I try not to bank it's hard because I do want to have real non-comedians in the audience but I'd rather have comedians in the audience than no audience yeah so I feel like I still have to market to comedians yeah. even yeah. though they're not my preferred people I want in the audience okay. we, we've been doing pretty good the past couple of months I've been here almost every Friday it's been, you think it's okay? I think my expectations are a little too high. Yeah, I felt uh, the one night it was super rainy, nobody was here, but we still had fun. Yeah, I still had when, fun. When uh, Terry was here. 
Right. Yeah. And he's turned into my huge buddy on Facebook. That's We're always great. going back. What was his last name? Terry? It's Terry. It's not Dorsey. I can't remember. Okay. Sure. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, he's all right. Australian guy. Australian awesome. guy. Yeah. 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 I'm yeah. trying. It's okay. hard. Today was a rough day. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Though. Yeah, thanks okay, so for we got, coming. We got one final question, and, yep. then, uh, and then we'll get out of here. We asked this to all our guests. Okay. Um, and doesn't... Uh, uh, the answer to the question can be anyone. Doesn't have to be a comedian. How much money do your parents make? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's um, it's uh, who's the funniest person you know? Who's the funniest person I know? Yeah, that is a really difficult question. Yeah, that's why we ask. The f- I have to know them. Yeah. Yeah. It can't be like... It could be anyone from childhood, family. Who's the funniest person I know? You know, like hanging out and when you laugh, your hardest, funniest person you know. Oh. I love this part. It's, I mean, it's <laughs> such a difficult question because my mother has no sense of humor. My brother... You know what? Here's the thing. I can't answer the question because I would never stroke anybody's ego enough to let them think that they're the funny, funnier than me. What Fuck about, them. I'm the funniest person I know. Uh-huh. We've got, we've got that, that was the same before. answer we got last week. <laughs> yeah. No, honestly. Yeah. It's a good answer. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that answer. I mean, I, I, would know else, I wouldn't know who else to say. I mean... No, you should be. You live inside your brain. Yeah. 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 No. You know. Okay. Uh, well, because I. Well, that's the thing I would say lately, Stephen King. But I don't know him. I've only read all of his books. But I think he has the best sense of humor. Yeah, I. Uh, I agree. But he I has don't a know good him, so I can't say him as an answer. Plus, he's a famous person, so that makes me suck a bag of dicks. So it's like, <laughs> you know what? But all, all the famous people to kiss up to, like Stephen King, it's not like he's Sean Penn or like Brad Pitt or Ryan Gosling, <laughs> like or funny. you know people that that people are always trying to. Like you, you could probably find Stephen King yeah, he where he like, lives. He wrote like, like within like a couple of hours arriving in his hometown. Yeah, I would hope so. Yeah, because uh, I'm gonna try. Yeah, and I'm gonna kill that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> allegedly. Yeah, no, I remember being a kid. And did you ever read Gerald's Game? Yeah, I love it. It's that one of my favorite books by Fucked my head up. I Wait, read that one. That, that's a rape one, right? Yeah. Uh, well, kind of. She's tied up in the bed. Yeah, and the guy has a heart attack. Yeah, and fuck he's that stuck there. And, yeah, and he has to wait comes. for the blood to coagulate from cutting his wrist to slide his hands out. It's a she, but yeah, she's oh, yeah, 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 yeah. in the bed. And she has to. And the wolves. She doesn't actually cut her wrist. She, she degloves her hand by just doing it through that. She pulls her hand yeah. through it. She just decides, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And, and the she, wolves are coming. The, the guy just goes there and stares at her. Yeah, the scary guy that she sees. Like, it's a great. It's a great book. It's That's one of the last favorites. one I read from him. I was like, I can't deal with this it's shit it's anymore. It's on my shelf. I like his really deep cuts. Like my favorite books of his are like the girl who loved Tom Gordon. Nobody knows that book. That. I don't. It's yeah. about the girl who gets lost in the woods who loves Tom Gordon. Who's a it's a baseball book about it's a red. He's a Red Sox fan. Um, and so it's about this player and she gets lost in the woods and the bear. Anyways, it's great. And then Rose Matter is another one of his deep cuts. Oh, yeah, that's it's good. It's fucking great. Yeah. And the I, only one of that triptych, Dolores Claiborne, is the one. That, oh, is that where she threw shit at the walls? Dolores Rose Claiborne? Rose Matter is the one no, that. No, Dolores Claiborne. Dolores Claiborne is the one where um, she, her husband, she kills her husband because he rapes the daughter. And but you don't her know why. Well. Oh, yeah, I remember. Really kill her and the old lady and the falling down the stairs. And did she kill her too? And the blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that that's a really well layered book. Yeah, yeah the no. movie the movie's actually decent. Well, like as far as Stephen King 
movies, sometimes they don't translate well at all to film unless you completely gut them. Unless you have that one actress who was also in the one where she hobbled the guy, Misery. Oh, yeah, uh, Kathy, Kathy Bates. Bates. Yeah, yeah, she was Bates in Dolores Claiborne as well. Yeah, both yeah. Of those movies. Yeah. yeah, yeah, both of those were good. But it, that's what I love about. See, also, through the eyes of the dragon is another deep cut of Stephen. What King, was the I one love. with the magical black man? The magical the Green Mile. Yeah. The green, oh, yeah. that one's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like that movie. I love, I, well, that I have great too. Pet Cemetery was one that freaked me. The oh man, out. pets! They do the, the leper ant. Oh my god! Yeah, you know, it was Zelda. Yeah. She wasn't leper. She was. Uh, she had um, spinal meningitis. Which that doesn't seem right. Well, yeah, it doesn't seem. It, it doesn't seem right, but. I remember it pretty pretty well, and but but I, the thing I don't understand is that it must have been viral like meningitis because bacterial meningitis you die pretty fucking fast did, like did a couple you, days. Did you see that Rick and Morty episode where they spoofed that book uh, Needful Things? I know the book Needful Things. But oh I've yeah, seen Rick and Morty. Oh my god, you, you should. Rick and Morty is you the greatest should. thing to ever happen ever. Um, you in particular would think it was fantastic. Yeah, uh, and I don't say that lightly. Uh, Rick and Morty is the greatest show that's ever ever happened. Yeah, hands down. it's amazing. Yeah, uh, I've seen every episode at least nine times. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's so good, so good, so fucking good. Well, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, look forward to seeing you again. Yeah, yeah. so, uh, yeah, come check us out. Uh, Friday. This Friday, the 29th, to Mutiny Radio, 2781 21st uh, Avenue, uh, Street, 21st Street, uh, 8 o'clock, uh, BYOB, and laugh your ass off. Um, fuck everything. Fuck you. Fuck off. Fuck, fuck you. <laughs>
It's eight o'clock. Yeah. It's time for Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse. Our two paying audience members are getting drinks right now. People are on their way. My boyfriend, Jonathan Moore, promises that he's going to be here. Welcome to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse. I hope that you guys have all already subscribed or said you're going to the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2016. I've got all these flyers down here. Yay! Flyers are so pretty. It's, I, I, I'm a little crazy today because I've bitten off more than I can chew. I, I sent out press releases to like 100 different places today and dear God, people will hopefully come to the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Uh, I'm Pam Benjamin, your host tonight. And uh, I am uh, usually, uh, no, I'm about this drunk all the time. <laughs> that's pretty much, that's pretty much how it goes. It's, uh, I like drinking a lot. Uh, and people, I'm a nanny by trade. I don't drink when I'm a nanny because I'm being paid. I don't, I've never been drunk at work, except that one time when I was teaching junior high and I drank too much the night before and I got, I probably had a blood alcohol of like point oh one two something and I was teaching junior high that's the only time I've ever been drunk at work but now I don't do that anymore because I'm a nanny and I get paid to be a good nanny yeah yeah come on in oh my gosh more people it's five bucks put five bucks in the thingy over there like I'm the door person and I'm the host it's so confusing be nice to the dog he's his name is Aldo he will not bite you he's a nice he's a nice nice dog uh, I was just saying I'm, I'm a nanny. I don't take care of dogs. They're, they're too difficult. They, they don't have diapers. I don't know how to deal with their shit. Uh, but babies, they just poop in a diaper and you clean it up. I touch a lot of baby dicks lately. And I don't, I, I don't mean that in like a, ooh, you touch a lot of baby dicks. But I'm a nanny, so it's okay. And it makes me think a lot about American moms and why um, I'm dealing with an, a child right now, and he is an uncircumcised baby. He's, he's two years old, and he has this cute little elephant dick. And I touch it all the time because I'm trying to clean it all that schmegma, you know, because I'm a good nanny. And his mom gives a shit. But the reason I realized that uh, circumcision became so popular in the United States is that American parents are just lazy assholes. <laughs> you just have to clean out your baby's dick. It's okay. You don't have to chop that whole thing off. You don't have to like uh, change their whole sexual being for the rest of their lives. You could just clean out their dicks and not be such a lazy parent. It's like when you see, um, I was down at the Embark of the Dare the other day uh, holding hands with a two-year-old because I'm a good nanny and we're engaging in the world and hanging out together. And I see uh, two like four or five-year-olds in, in, a, in a baby pram. Uh, they're being pushed in a stroller and they're like four and five years old and they both have uh, iPhones in front of them. They're watching you know, stupid shit. And I'm like, bad parenting! Bad parenting! I'm yelling from across the street, bad parenting, because I'm holding the hand of a two-year-old. We're engaging in the world, right? If you have a four and a five-year-old in a stroller, you're a bad parent. You're a lazy fucking person. Engage with your child. Don't circumcise them. Just clean out their dicks, or better yet, teach them how to clean out their own dick. It's okay. We don't have to make a whole bunch of lazy, you know, Americans, entitled little fucks that are like, I don't have to clean anything, and then they're 27 and live with their mom, and they're like, why? Why is this happening? Like, I know it's a circumcision. Circumcision, his choice, his decision. Uh, let him get it when he's 18 if he really wants to get rid of that skin. That's all I'm saying. It's just stop being a lazy mom and clean out your son's dick. It's that easy. I don't, I just, I really have a problem with lazy parents. But it's, it's not fair because I'm a nanny and I'm paid $20 an hour to hang out with your kids. And I would never have a kid because I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> and I like, I like... <laughs> I like to be sober when I'm hanging out with them and then give them back so I can take their money and start drinking. You see, that's the, 
that's the whole thing. And I, you know, I woke up the other day with these terrible cramps and I was like, oh, oh, why does it hurt so bad? Am I having my period? God, this is so great. I'm not going to have a baby. What is happening? And it, it's actually that the entire Supreme Court is still inside my uterus. You see, that's the pain. They're all inside there. And I was like, oh, I feel so bloated. And that's only because their benches are so big. <laughs> uh, but I really believe in abortions. I am not a responsible adult. I should not have children. All right? Because if, if I have to have a baby, if you make me have a baby, I'm going to have to make some decisions I don't want to make. Like, I'm going to have to take the baby and I'm going to have to snuggle it up, you know, with like a pillow and a sleeping bag in the trunk of my car uh, while I'm hanging out at the bar. But I'm going to have to get some new tools so I can drill some holes in the trunk so it can breathe, right? Like, I'm not a, I'm not a heartless fuckball. I'm going to let the child breathe, all right, while I'm hanging out at the bar. But it's comfy, you know, in the warm embrace of that sleeping bag in the trunk. Uh, and then... You know, that baby, that baby, that metaphorical baby uh, grows up, uh, starts growing, and it's four years old, it's in preschool, uh, and it's still a runner. You know, the kids that you have to have leashes on, otherwise they just run into the, the traffic. They're like, no, oh, they don't listen to voice commands because they know that you hate them. And they're like, fuck you, I'm running into that street. I want to die. I'm like, yeah, fine, go, go do that. Uh, and at, at six o'clock, this metaphorical child is, um, is still a biter. First grade, biting other children, big problems, right? Uh, nine years old, I have to go to that stupid parent-teacher conference where they're like, oh, hey, Ms. Benjamin, your, your child told us that you love alcohol more than it. And I'm like, this is a sippy cup filled with vodka, you dumb bitch. Like, are you kidding me? What are we doing here? You think I care about what's happening right now? <laughs> it's good. Uh, and then... At 11 years old, it finally starts smoking the doobies and we're hanging out and I'm like, we have something to talk about. This is great. Finally, I feel a kindredship. Uh, at 14, it starts doing ketamine and I'm like, who is your dealer? How, how are you getting that? Do you know a veterinarian at 14? How is that possible? Like, I, my ex-husband's a veterinarian and I can't get ketamine. Like, what are you doing? What's happening? Uh, and at, at 14, it starts doing a, you know, a little bit of speed, a little bit of coke, trying to decide which one. I'm like, all right, you do your thing. Uh, at, at, at 15, starts the heroin. Finally, uh, at 17 years old, uh, this, this, baby, this baby just dies, you know, of a, a massive speedball. So it's a lot of cocaine, it's a lot of heroin. And I'm like, wow, that is the latest late-term abortion I could have ever had. <laughs> it was like a 17-year late-term abortion. That's... It was your choice to put that baby through rehab four times, not mine. You taxpayers chose to put that baby through rehab. It's not me. <laughs> I didn't want the baby. Abortions forever, yay! I'm a responsible adult. Uh, running, running this lovely show, here's how it goes. Uh, we're gonna sing a little song. If you know how it goes, sing along with me. If not, you'll figure it out as we go along. M-U-T-I-N-Y, comedy, clubhouse, comedy. Comedy. Clubhouse. Yeah, together we will bring our jokes up high. High, high, high. <laughs> <coughs> that purple lotus is really good, you guys. It's really good. M U T I N Y Comedy Clubhouse. You want to come inside my clubhouse? Yeah. Yay! I'm excited. I can't wait for this lineup of all men. 
It is dicks all day in the clubhouse, deep dicking here at Mutiny Radio. Uh, I can't, I can't wait for your first comedian. I, I, I think he's outside. He didn't realize he was the first one. Hey, everybody, it's Chris Ganatzer. Oh, hey, there you guys are. It's Chris Ganatzer. Your first Chris Ganatzer. Hey, your first comedian is coming up. He is an amazing comedian. He is a hilarious man. He throws a show once a month at the New Village Cafe, which is an amazing place. It's on the first Thursday of every month uh, at New Village Cafe on at Polk and Pine. And uh, you guys are going to love his comedy. Put your hands together. It's Christopher Ganatzer. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, it's a pleasure and a surprise to be here. Uh, this is great. Uh, I'm not going to lie, I'm not prepared at all. I've been talking about two things obsessively over the last few months, so you can decide. I don't think anybody really knows me in here. We can talk about It's all the truth. Uh, <laughs> it is. Uh, I retired from comedy several months ago. Uh, you know, there comes a point in your comedy career where you do have to look yourself in the mirror and understand that it's a complete fucking waste of time. And you have to figure out, <coughs> you have to figure out what it is you're hiding from. You have to figure out what it is you're always running from. Why are you always doing these uh, half-assed documentaries? Whatever it is. Um, you know? How come you never finish anything? Um, I was hiding from the truth. So we can talk about the truth, uh, which is my life uh, with prostitutes, or we can talk about the truth which is all of our lives uh, with our sham of the government. It's up to you. So make some noise if you want to hear about whores. All right, that's good. And uh, make some noise if you want to hear about the whores who are ruining all your lives. That sounded, that sounded like more of the uh, personal down the street Union Square 3 a.m. kind of whores. Uh, that, that's fine, that's my personal life. We can get into it. We can get into it. Uh, first of all, uh, I believe <coughs> that is part of what's wrong with our society besides, of our, besides the reptilian overlords, which you chose not to think about tonight. Um, it's fine. Stay asleep. Hit the snooze bar. <laughs> it's what I was doing with my comedy career before I retired, and uh, pro probably what I'm doing with my obsessive relationship with multiple whores in the greater Bay Area. Um, so the thing is, uh, part of the problem is we stopped valuing sex. We stopped charging for it. Everything's free now. You have to charge for sex. You have to pay for sex. You know what I'm saying? And I, I, I'm straight. I see, you know, the prostitutes I see are women and I value women in my life. I love and I respect women. But I think it's sad that a lot of the women I love and respect don't love and respect themselves enough to charge for sex. <laughs> what must they think of their bodies? To just give it away. Is that how badly we need validation? <laughs> so I promise you it's worth something. Don't fuck for free. You'll never get anything good for free. How many of you paid to be in here? I should step it up then. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, even if you're in a relationship, a nominal fee, uh, you'll enjoy it. Uh, you know, my single friends, they're always fucking and sucking. They want to know, you know, I, I just want to, I want to experience so many people, but I just want to keep it simple. Why, you know, he's texting me too. I just want to keep it simple. You know what's simple? hundred bucks. 
just just think about it. I uh, like I said, I only fuck for money. I get paid. Uh, I pay out. Uh, whatever. It's just keep it professional. I uh, sometimes, unfortunately, even trying to keep it simple, you do fall in love, and uh, I fell in love with one of my favorite prostitutes, and um, she and I had a year-long relationship, and uh, she is uh, consistently reviewed online as San Francisco's premier BBFS provider, and a lot of you are pretending that you don't know what that means. Um, it's bareback full service, which means everything you want to do without a condom, right? And uh, the whole time we dated, you know, we didn't use condoms. Uh, I'm not going to pass up value just because I'm in love. Uh, I'm say, read the reviews. Read the reviews. Uh, I'm serious. Google Colonel Cream Pie 1972. <laughs> read the reviews. Uh, and, you know, condoms are stupid. I don't even want to get into it, but you've got to get condoms out of your life. <laughs> and... Um, well, no, I'm, I'm serious. You know, seriously, you've got to get condoms out of your life. They're dangerous. They're very dangerous as a species. Uh, you need to understand that uh, STDs are getting stronger. I've gotten off track now, but I, I really care about this issue. STDs are getting stronger, you know. We're desensitizing ourselves with technology and with condoms. Uh, get rid of the condoms at least. I know you're not going to get rid of your smartphone. We can do eight minutes about that right now, but I know I'll lose you for sure. But uh, get rid of the condoms. Uh, STDs are getting stronger. They're evolving. Gonorrhea, chlamydia, you know, syphilis, ever since condom use became quote-unquote popular, they're all getting stronger. The new outbreak of uh, the clap is so strong, scientists are referring to it as the applause break. It's, <laughs> it's critical. It's critical. No, it is. Um, so I was talking about my girlfriend, um, and uh, you know we didn't use condoms, and we were we were very much in love. And it's difficult. You have to be a strong person uh, to be honest in a relationship with a prostitute for a year. And the only time I really was vulnerable, the only time uh, I would sort of let myself get hurt, I guess, uh, she would come home late at night from work, exhausted. And uh, I would massage her feet, uh, which I know is stupid. It's the only part she wasn't using. Um, and I would, I would hold her, you know, and I would spoon her to sleep. And uh, often in her sleep, she would fart. And those farts would smell like cologne. No, I know. I know. Because, uh, you know, gentlemen, when we visit prostitutes, we don't douse our genitals in cologne. Uh, it's coming from their wrists. <laughs> yeah. And that's, uh, if I was still doing comedy, that's one of the things I would always tell people is that you have to, you have to try and close with your, your strongest anal fisting material. <laughs> so just to recap, uh, you've chosen to stay asleep. <laughs> exactly. I'm just part of the problem. Another distraction, and I'll give the mic over to your host, who is a distraction, who will keep passing on down the line and have fun in the FEMA camps. <laughs> but don't say you never heard whispers. Good night, everybody. Chris Ganazzer, everyone! Don't be asleep. Stay
stop using condoms. We're all going to die anyway. I mean, and it, is Charlie Sheen the new one with AIDS? Is he the one? Yeah. He's having a fun time. Everybody will live forever. And Magic Johnson's still alive, right? There's no problem here. Don't worry. Everybody, stop with the condom usage. It was all just a scare tactic of the 80s and 90s. Uh, I am a terrible person. I have an IUD, and I've been in a, 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 a monogamous relationship for two years, so I don't give a fuck. I ain't having babies, and I ain't getting STDs. What? I, uh, I recommend you all find a nice skateboarder to have sex with all the time. Uh, that, that's just me. Your next comedian. I love your, uh, your new long hair thing going on. He is not related to any serial killers. Uh, although, and I've never actually seen you bomb a stage. I think that I've never, I've never seen you have like a really tremendously bombing set, which makes me happy because you share a name with a person who killed many people with a bomb. You guys are gonna love his comedy. Put your hands together for Jim McVeigh. Watch me, watch me. Are you, wa watch me. Thank you for committing to not be on your phones. Isn't that unsettling? Uh, I miss old phones. I miss when my butt could call my friend's phone and then his butt would answer and then our butts would just be on the phone racking up minutes. That happened with my father, 33 minutes on the call log. I wish I could be as close with my dad as our butts are. We've never talked on the phone for 33 minutes. Our butts have. One time my butt called 911. Like, what did it know that I didn't? He's eating Indian food again. Send me an ambulance. This is abuse. That's how my butt talks. Uh, I decided that is how my butt talks. I'm an artist. Uh, hello, crowd. Hello, naughty, naughty crowd. Daddy's home. Uh, I don't know why I said that. It's too late. You're stuck here. <laughs> uh, you can't. Don't leave me. Uh, what do you? What do you guys? Are you guys comics? No. Are you guys just uh, just out? Okay. All right. What? Uh, you guys? You guys in a band? <laughs> guys. Guys. Yeah. Let's start a band. I'm gonna quit. I'm gonna quit comedy. We're starting a band. Uh, fuck it. Uh, how come guys are always like, I'm going to kick your butt, but then they punch me in the face? <laughs> is that the joke that my face is a butt? I bought that joke off a child. Stand-up comedy is bullshit. Anybody can do this. Uh, I try and do the right thing a lot. I feel like my pen fell out of my ear. There it is. Um, I get hung up on trying to do the right thing. Uh, I smoke cigarettes, and uh, whenever I see kids, I try and hide my cigarette. I feel like that's the, I don't want to be a bad example. And then it hit me how much I jaywalk in front of children all the time. Like, we all do it. And so, uh, recently, uh, a group of kids were walking by, I was smoking, and I figured the right thing to do would to be cross the street rather than blow smoke in their faces. And so now I'm jaywalking and I'm making it look hell of cool because I'm smoking. It just compounds on itself. Um, anyway, what's happening? What's happening? I'm a diva, guys. Even at this level, I'm a diva. It was in my writer. I want the door shut. The door was open. It's cold. Anyway, what else is on this suicide note? I hope there's something funny on here. 
Um, my buddy, he works in tech, and he's like, yeah, you know, I got all this stuff, but, I mean, you're your own boss. Like, you're a comedian. Like, oh, I'm my own bo- I'm much more like my own high school principal. I sit myself down, and I'm like, are you trying to ruin your life? And then I get on the phone, and I call my parents, and I'm like, you know, this is all your fault. And then I drive a shitty car home. That's <laughs> where I'm at. Um... I live out in the suburbs. Something fascinating that happens out where I live is that local motorcyclists will get sober. Like a local motorcycle gang got clean and sober and they had nowhere to go. They didn't have a saloon, so they took over a local Starbucks franchise. And it's very strange. You walk inside and now Starbucks is a scary place. There is an element of danger. There's like guys with neck tattoos, drinking lattes. It's very the juxtaposition, I'm trying to use bigger words in my act, the juxtaposition <laughs> was amazing. Anyway, like, like, yeah, these guys picked a fight in a star, like Starbucks is supposed to be a safe place where parents can bring their children to exchange custody with other divorced parents. <laughs> that is what Starbucks is supposed to be for. And I don't know if you've seen that awkward drug deal go down, they're just like, yeah, 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 just, just, just go, just go. It's very, very strange. Um, I got, I actually, I had to get sober myself. Uh, now when I go to parties, I just see parties for what they really are. Like we're a bunch of grown-ups standing too close together in a kitchen and we're pretending our ankles don't hurt. Like that's every, like me at every party, I'm like, oh, my ankles don't hurt at all. Don't look over there. What's entertaining over there? <laughs> I see you. I see you. I, fe- I felt you drift out. That was an immaculate punchline. <laughs> The word economy is amazing on that joke, and it was, you should just give me that $5. That was, <laughs> you should just give that to me. Um, yeah, so I, now when I'm sober at parties, like, I don't know Party's what going to come up with next. <laughs> Go to the counter offer inside of Brenda's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue. San Francisco is located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. I'm off a son. Comedy Clubhouse, a mutiny radio. How very exciting. Yay! We're all here. We're going to start the show. Yay! Uh, today's show theme is Unlucky Cats. Today is Friday the 13th. I'm assuming unlucky things have been happening to people all day, or maybe they've had very lucky days. I just stayed inside and made pot treats all day, so it was a pretty good day for me. Just super high. Thanks again to Corey and Catherine. Uh, yeah, here we are at Pantastics. It's Friday. It's time to party. Yay! 
Jonathan got me a beer, yay. Mm. People are here, they're coming in. It's super exciting here. Uh, I have a story about being uh, super unlucky. This happened to me. Uh, it happens once a month. I, uh, I have my period and I feel so not lucky at all. Just like it's, I feel like the whole world is crashing down upon me and I'm bleeding all over myself. Well, I'm not bleeding out myself. I am technically bleeding out myself because I use baby blood diapers. A lot of people don't know what that means. Uh, it means that I take baby bibs that I stole from someone else's mail that they left, and I, I put them inside my underwear, and I fold them up, and then I bleed on them, and then I wash them. Kind of like, remember the old washable diapers? Same thing, except it's a baby bib blood diaper. How wonderful. Look at this audience. Yay! Yay, people. Uh, if you guys want to grab any beers, you can do that, too. Uh, but you guys are here, so yay, you're an audience. Yay! Yay! We're going to tell jokes to you. Uh, did you guys have a good day? Did you have an unlucky day? Yeah. Uh, unlucky, lucky. It was a lucky day. It was a lucky day. It's Friday the 13th. You're not affected. No black cats. No bad. Th nothing fell on you. No, no birds pooped on you. Everything was a good day. See, this is great. All of these theories about Friday the 13th. We're just going to dispel them all tonight. We're, we're lucky people. Uh, well, I was talking about how I had a very unlucky time uh, while I was having my period. Uh, I don't know if you guys, it's a full moon right now. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the moon cup. Some people call it the diva cup. It's a piece of silicone that you put inside your vagina. It sucks up to your service, collects all that blood, right? And then you, you take it and you pour it on like the carrots that you're growing on your windowsill. You, it really helps them grow. And my glazed blood carrots, so delicious. Uh, you can pour the menstrual blood on your pot plants. I tried to grow a new strain called God's Pussy. It, it got me high. It was great, but it wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. You know, it had a little. It was, it was. I think it was too much iron. I don't know. I don't understand soil very much. But so I, I had this moon cup, and it was great. And I used it for six years. Uh, you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> you're supposed to change them every once in a while. While why? because, you know, uh, plastic degrades over time. So I went in uh, to. I reached in to pull out uh, my moon cup, and I yanked on the cord thing and it just broke off. <laughs> so now I have a little tiny cord thing in my hand and I have a, something stuck to my cervix, just collecting blood, just doing it. Just it's been six hours. Not worried yet, not too worried. As time goes on, you know, with physics, the blood goes in and then it, it, there's no surface area or something. Okay, this phys I don't understand physics, but what I'm saying it gets tighter to the cervix as time goes on. So I'm trying to reach in there, and I'm trying tweezers, and I'm trying things. Nothing's right. It's very slippery. It's very strange, and I'm like, I'm just going to ignore this problem for a long time. Uh, so like 12 hours pass, and, I, and I'm, I'm single at this point, so I don't know what to do. Like I was started dating my boyfriend now, who I've had for three years, but we just started dating, and this is not the kind of thing you bring up to your new boyfriend. You don't say, hey, I need you to reach inside my vagina and pull out my, my moon cup. This is not something you bring up. So who do you talk to? Some people go to the doctor, not me, no, no, I, I call my ex-boyfriend, because this is, he's the one most familiar with the area, with the crash site going on, the problems, the blood and the stuff, and he's going to be okay with it. So I call him up and he says, yes, I am working at a doc's clock, he's a bartender up there, and he's like, just come hang out at the bar, we're going to drink some drinks, I'm going to close down, I'm going to take you home, we're going to get this thing out of you, everything's going to be okay. I'm like, this is great, he gets me drunk, I'm like, let's get really drunk, let's go home, let's do this. 
So we get home. I'm laying on the bed. I've got my legs up. He's reaching in there. We take some, we, we take some uh, kitchen tongs. We cover them with a Ziploc bag and try to use lube. We're trying to use them like a speculum to open up my vagina so that he can reach inside. Blood. Nothing is working. Everything is a problem. It's just, and I'm crying. I'm crying now. He's used to me crying, so I'm okay with it. I'm just like, listen, I just, are you, are you can never do anything right. And then I fall asleep and I set an, I set an alarm for 6.30 and I say, we're going to try this again in the morning. If it doesn't work, I'm going to go to the hospital. So the alarm goes off, beep, 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 and I wake up, crying again, crying, crying. Uh, and so I go in the bathroom, and I'm sitting on the toilet, and I just start thinking of, like, birthing, birthing the moon cup. I'm bearing down, I'm birth, and I'm feeling it sort of move closer to the, and, and I'm like, wait, this is the thing. So I get, I get up on top of the tub, and I'm hanging on to the shower curtain like this, and I'm, I'm, Hushing, hot. And so my ex-boyfriend hears this and he comes around and he's like, what is going on? So he gets into the tub behind me, like some strange African doctor. He's behind me. And I'm very, he's like, I see it. I see it. It's like crowning through me. He reaches up and he pulls the thing out and he just gets covered with blood. It's a literal bloodbath. And the only reason this wasn't a problem is that he's a drummer in a metal band. So this was like so fucking metal. This is like, and uh, and now now I know what what the color of love is. It's uh, I I left. I still have it on the ceiling in my apartment in the bathroom. One of the bits of blood that I chose not to clean up, just so I can remember how love feels. Do you know? Like he really reached in there. That was one of the unluckiest and luckiest times uh, that's ever happened to me. Um, <laughs> just here's the thing: don't be so poor and stingy. Buy a new moon cup, like once a year. Just throw that one away when it starts turning kind of a weird pink color. That's the time to just let it go. Got to learn how to let things go. No hoarding here. Not in my. You can't hoard very much in the vagina. Uh, I wrote a story once where there were whores that had a. They had a twat pharmacy. And in Vegas, they would go and they would open their legs and then they'd pull the drugs out and then roll them out and then people would buy them. This is not real. This isn't a fiction story I wrote. <laughs> but I've always liked the idea of a twat pharmacy. You know, like you put, and you like roll it out like, like knives. Like, you know, chefs, when they carry their knives and they have them in those special packs, they roll them out and they're like, ah! like that, but with drugs. Anyways, that was fun. Uh, uh, I'll, uh, I'll, we're going to get started here on this unlucky, amazing, unlucky show. There's a thing we do at the beginning of every show. We sing a song. If you know how it goes, sing along with us. If you don't, you'll, you'll probably figure it out. M-U-T-I-N-Y, comedy, clubhouse, comedy. Clubhouse. Comedy. Clubhouse. Together we will bring our jokes up high. Hi, hi, hi. That white wookie is good. M-U-T-I-N-Y Comedy Clubhouse. You want to come inside my clubhouse? Yay! Yay! I'm so excited. There are so many people in the clubhouse right now. I hope you guys are all going to enjoy those caramels I made this morning. I'm very proud of them. They're very chewy. And they have about uh, 40 milligrams in them. So be careful and have a good time. I know. And it's so hard. You can't just eat half of it. Like you eat half and you're like, it's so good. I have to keep eating. Yay! Your first comedian of the night uh, is one of my favorite people. She runs a show here on Sunday nights from 6 to 8 called The Immutables. Uh, she's a hilarious individual who loves cats almost as much as I do. Everybody clap wildly for Trina Roderick! Oh my God. Last week when I was here and you did your cat stuff on... Uh how you, you, you and your cat, Pam, like get a little freaky with it. Great bit. 
Uh, so Matthew's like, turns to me and says, you know, do you do that with your cat? I'm like, dude, my cat gives zero fucks. Zero fucks this bitch gives. Like her sexual orientation is hater. She's by like color, like black and white, but like she doesn't need to get to what gender you are because she just hates everybody. Um, my parents have uh, two little dogs, you know, and uh, they treat them and talk about them like they're children. You, you guys have met people like this. I, uh, whatever, I go along with it. I go along with it. It's just, they're teeny little dogs and it gets weird my, when my little sister tries to hump my elbow. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, and then my stepdad is like trying to explain to me, well, no, I'm the, you know, it's like, it's a compliment. Like, well, I'm the only other person she does that with. And I'm like, dude, I'm not down for a three-way. How many fucking times do I have to fucking say that? Anyway. Uh, so, so yeah, I don't really think of my cat as like a daughter. She's more like a rude grocery store clerk that I kidnapped and now has Stockholm syndrome. You know what I mean? Um, no, she's awesome. Uh, I love that, that meme though on, on Facebook, that huge cat tongue. Like she would for sure not be into that. Actually, she might be into that. Like, like she scratches my face so much, like it's a thing in our relationship that I have to avoid being scratched by my cat. So I'm like, no, I'm not putting a huge fake tongue in my mouth and getting anywhere fucking near my cat. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? She would bitch that, slap that thing right out of my mouth so fast. No, I like though um, that I don't think she would expect me to perform another species in order for us to have a loving relationship. You know what I mean? Um, like the first time I, I ever kissed her, she's like, well, okay, let me back up. So I'm 47, single, no kids, which is awesome, super awesome, love it. But like when you're 47, single, no kids, people tell you to your face, uh, you should get a cat. <laughs> right? So I did not adopt this cat. I want you to understand, she adopted me, right? <laughs> Okay, she's at my back door one night. She's like an outdoor cat, hanging out outside, walks into my apartment one night, like we all walk into the nicest hotel room we've ever been in, like, oh yeah, <laughs> I, could get, I could get used to this, right? Like, let's order room service, woo! Right, like, okay, I'm gonna have the uh, ocean feast, <laughs> and uh, I don't. We can, I could do a bottle uh, and a bottle of the vitamin D milk. Uh, so yeah, she's like, yeah, you should definitely get a cat <laughs> for sure. Um, no, she's awesome. Uh, I'm learning about uh, cat people and dog people. Like the difference between cat people and dog people is that. Cat person can take emotional abuse. A uh, dog person can take a licking in the face. <laughs> okay. um, some dogs they sit at the at the door and wait for their owner to get home. You know, uh, my cat sits at the door and waits for me to leave. <laughs> Looking at me like, don't you? <laughs> you don't have to have a dog to go to the park, bitch. <laughs> 
Um, anyway, I should get, I need a haircut. I, I, I can't find a hairdresser because I don't want to go to the last person. She, um, she, I, I like it when there's like a little, it's usually short, but I like it when there's like a little bloop in the back. Like it doesn't like go straight across like a guy's hair line. I want it to look a little feminine back there. So I said, you know, just a little bloop, right? So I get home. I didn't look at the back. Why didn't I look at the back? I get home and I feel back there and it's a rat tail. <laughs> a full on rat tail. Like if you left all of this, I was like, wait a second. Just because I have short hair, she's clearly assuming that I'm a person with a, ha with a cat. <laughs> right? Like it's, everybody thinks, anyway. I'm so sorry. I really did not have 10 minutes. <laughs> uh, what else? Um, I think that's it. I'm so sorry. No, it's not that I don't want. I just, I, I was just going to work. That. Anyway, thank you guys so much. Trina Roderick with a solid five. Hot five on cats. Hot five up here. I'm sorry, I'm spinning everywhere, at all over you. It's because I've been high all day. Did I tell you guys that? I've been eating the, when I make the caramels, I try to make them perfect squares, so I cut off all the edges that are misshaped, and then I eat them. Because <laughs> everybody wants them to be in perfect squares, right? <laughs> so I eat this, and then I'm like, I wonder how much I've eaten. And then I get high, and I'm like, these ones are good. Because <laughs> you never know. Like, how strong are they? I'm like, <laughs> That it's they're they're strong today. I like them. No, I've been it's been fun. I talked to my cat all day today too. It was great, uh, but now he smells like fish. I, oh, it's so bad. I've been giving I've been making my cat his own cat food because I love him and because I'm an insane person. Also, it's cheaper and you can buy actual salmon with food stamps. <laughs> I, just buy, I buy him salmon bones and then I cook him in water and I make salmon jello. It's insane. I know he loves it though. But now I've given him too much salmon jello and he actually smells like fish. So I had to give him his first bath ever. So it's like been this weird, like, he loves me. He hates me. <laughs> like, what's going on? And he still smells like fish. So I think I have to stop feeding him salmon. I think that the veterinarians are right. You can't just feed your cat <laughs> like whatever you want whenever you want to. I was convinced that the whole pet food industry was a sham. I don't, I don't think it is now. <laughs> <laughs> Your next comedian, uh, he doesn't look like he has, he has the capacity to love a cat in his heart, do you? <laughs> no, I mean, you, you look angry on the street, but I know you're a really nice guy in real life. I know you have a heart and a soul. Just because you went to Stanford doesn't mean that you're, you're an emotionless robot. Uh, hey, everybody, you're going to love him. He's hilarious, He's smarter than most people I know. And I had, and I took an IQ test, so I think I'm a genius right now. Uh, everybody, Connor Doherty, yay! If I can't love a cat, it's not my fault. It's a specific. It's because of a specific episode. Were you legs guy? Nice pants. Cause last, were you guys here when, when he got his his legs got all the attention? His legs stole the show. Now I'm gonna actually have to do jokes because I can't comment on your nearly hairless legs. 
if I can't love a cat, it's because when I was growing up, so my dad was allergic to cats, so we never had them, but my grandma who lived in rural, rural Wisconsin would feed feral cats. Uh, did you guys know, I think it was like in the mid-2000s, there was actually legislation in Wisconsin to legalize hunting feral cats. Because <laughs> they had, I guess they have them in like such great abundance or like they're killing the deer or something, I don't know. <laughs> probably, probably not. But my grandma would take care of these, I don't know if they were feral, they're stray in any case. And so there was this one who was orange and white, and he was fat and used to roll around, so we called him Rolly. Rolly had a pretty good life, because he was previously stray, and then my grandma started feeding him and letting him stay in the garage. And then she got another one, who was gray and white, named Alex. Both boys, Alex is a little bit smaller. I liked both of these cats, and I liked them because we couldn't, we specifically couldn't have cats because my dad was allergic, so I liked hanging out with them. And one time, we go to my grandparents' house, and only Rolly is there. And I'm like, oh, where'd Alex go? And my grandma's kind of stepping around the issues, like, oh, well, you know, he was a stray. He may have just run away. My grandpa goes, Rolly killed him. What? There were two cats that I loved and one of them murdered the other one. <laughs> so, if I do not have room in my heart for cats, it is because of that, not because of anything intrinsic to me. <laughs> I actually like cats very much, but that's how it goes. So luck, uh, you could all die at any time. We could, I'm not immune. We could all die at any time. Have you seen these advertisements on the BART and the bus about sudden, unexpected infant death? Do you know what I'm talking about? S-U-I-D. I think unexpected is really a necessary modifier there. If it's expected infant death, you just killed a kid. <laughs> like, who expected what? And when did they know it? Someone has some explaining to do. Fair enough. Uh, so, so I was. Vi <laughs> Thanks, Jonathan. <laughs> it's always good. I don't like laughter. I just like Jonathan slowly. You're funny, man. <laughs> I'm at a loss. I don't have this. I don't have his shiny legs to comment on. Even with the pants on, I know they're shiny under there, bro. So I went to the doctor. Um, and you just like I didn't have a doctor. I just ended up with one, and I don't like the doctor that I ended up with. He want he like wants to be my friend. He's talking about how you need to build a relationship with your physician, and I'm like, dude, I'm just trying to get in here before the Republicans replace insurance with prayer. <laughs> like we're not gonna build a relationship, and he so he starts telling me about his family and stuff, and he's like, so my son is seven. He has dress-up day at school, and I was like, that's funny, because I'm 25, and I have a family history of diabetes and mental illness. <laughs> so maybe look at my body instead of telling me about your kid's Minecraft costume. <laughs> I don't know what 
I paid for exactly because he didn't look like he didn't look in my ears or my mouth. He didn't look in a single hole and he didn't do the turn your head and cough thing. It's like the only time I've been upset that I paid a man for his time and he didn't touch my balls. <laughs> Never have that problem with my psychiatrist. He always touches my balls. There's a lot going on in that joke. You can lose people because if you mention a psychiatrist, they get a little bit scared because it's like, ooh, what's wrong with him? But also, not everyone knows that brain doctors don't touch balls anyway. <laughs> There's a lot, there's a lot going on there. So I've recently, I had never been called this previously, but in the past month I've had multiple people refer to me as a twitchy white guy. People of all races, it's one thing we can all agree on. I'm a twitchy white guy. And I'd never been called that before, so I was looking it up like for the connotation, and it's not a good thing. <laughs> but I've decided I'm taking it back. I'm taking back twitchy. So now I'm just, I'm gonna get out in front of it. Like, I'm just sitting there nervous. It's like, so it may look like I am just fidgeting nervously, but in fact, I am merely trembling with raw sexual energy. <laughs> That's luck related. That's cause, so someone was calling me twitchy in relation to someone else. And he was like, oh yeah, you're a couple twitchy white guys. And I was like, yeah, but he's twitchy because of drugs. I'm just like this. <laughs> God made me this way. Do you guys believe in God? Okay. Me neither. Have you seen the guys outside the BART stations that are yelling about the end of the world? You know what I'm talking about? Huh? I, I have limited time, but I'm very curious about Sun Tzu's ideas about the end of the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I'm going to have to talk to him later. Like, when shit hits the fan, he, I bet he's got, like, a bunker and stuff. It's <laughs> full of fun chemicals. Uh, what was I talking about? The guy yelling about the end of the world. So, you know, you, these guys are out there yelling into their megaphones. They're like, the seas will turn to blood. The dead will rise again. I'm walking past one of these guys and he loses his train of thought. And it's like, if you claim to know when and how the world is going to end, you think you would remember. <laughs> also, you can just make that up. No one has ever stopped and argued about the details with that guy. Like, you said the seas would turn to blood. Actually, God will smite the non-believers and their blood will flow out into the sea. <laughs> Just wanted everyone getting on BART at 3 p.m. on a Saturday to know that. So silly. Uh, so, I was very unlucky in purchasing my car which I did finally find a parking space for. Parking in San Francisco, oh man. Like, I've gotten so many parking tickets here that, like, even now when I pull into a space, I just feel like it's an illegal space. Like, do you guys know what, uh, what Catholic guilt is? Like, when you feel bad, even if you're not doing anything wrong, I get, like, a parking version of Catholic guilt. And then I start masturbating and I get regular Catholic guilt. <laughs> Do you know that masturbation is a mortal sin? 
if you masturbate, then when you die, you go to hell. Unless you confess. Which just leads me to believe that priests are just perverts and they just like want you to tell them about your sex stuff. <laughs> like, oh, you're touching yourself? What are you thinking about, you dirty boy? <laughs> tell me so God doesn't send you to hell. Tell me all the details. <laughs> it's a big threat. But I was talking about my car. So when I, I bought my car from a guy on Craigslist, and his name was Steve slash, he had another name, Yin Yang. He was selling his 2003 Jetta wagon because he was moving back to China to start a startup. He signed the, the transfer of title over to me give, using his given name, given by his parents, which was Yin Yang Ji. GE. It turns out that according to the state of the California, the car was owned by Steve, not Yin Yang. So I did not legally own this car, and the man who had sold it to me had since returned to China. So I had to get Steve slash Yin Yang to sign a form saying that, hello, state of California, Steve and Yin Yang are one and the same person. And Steve has now transferred the title to Connor. There was no joke there. <laughs> it was shitty. Just talking about my feelings, sans punchlines. I have this, I've recently come up with a good metaphor for my style of humor. So the universe is expanding everywhere simultaneously. Did you guys know this? Sure, I don't know why, but the, it is, so it's expanding. But so like over these distances, like I can't see shiny legs getting further away from me, but like over a very large distance, it starts to add up. So there are actually astronomical bodies at the edge of the universe that are moving away from us at faster than the speed of light. So we can never perceive these bodies, right? Because you can't travel faster than the speed of light. You can't see things if the light can't get to you. So I actually think this is a great metaphor for my style of comedy, which is that there might be a punchline at the very edge of the joke, but the setup itself is expanding at such a rate that you might never actually make it to the punchline. Okay. I'm done. Thank you. That dirty little boy. What is he thinking? He's thinking about a show uh, the first Tuesday of every month called My Greasy Sons. Now I finally know why you call it My Greasy Sons, because you're a dirty little boy. Uh, so, said the, so said the priest. Uh, it's at the Woods Brewery in Oakland the first Tuesday of the month. It's called My Greasy Sons. He runs the show. It's always great. You should go to it. February 7th. Go see him. Uh, yay, keep clapping for Connor Doherty, smarter than all of us. Yay. The world is constantly expanding. Yay. Oh, Carl say, I believe that uh, T-Rex's bones were put back together wrong. Ha-ha! <laughs> no, absolutely. It, it's, a, it's too long to get into right now, but the hip bone's a breastbone, and it flew. It's a dragon. Nobody believes me. I'm <laughs> like, the bones are... It's okay. It just means that everything that we know is false, because T-Rex's bones are put back together wrong. And you all believe it. You all believe it. You're like, of course T-Rex is a big, tall thing. It runs on two legs. It only goes 25 miles an hour. The hubris of man. Of course, because it's... The biggest, coolest thing, obviously, was on two legs because we're men and women and smarter than dinosaurs. Your next comedian. <laughs>
<laughs> I really, I wish I had a picture I could just leave up here of how T-Rex's bones are put back together. I, Jonathan actually bought me one of those puzzles that the kids put back together, and I put it together the right way, and I made the T-Rex have wings, and it's awesome. <laughs> it totally works. No one believes me. Your next comedian also has theories that people don't always believe. She, but what we all can agree on, she's a great photographer as well as an awesome comedian. Uh, uh, she does she does amazing things and she's very funny you guys are gonna love her she's also unlucky as fuck everybody put your hands together for Katie Carnes yay did I read the thing wrong the little event thing is this about cats no. <laughs> what the fuck are y'all talking about cats about because you, then you put that picture on the thing and it has the cat. And I was like, fuck, like I read this all wrong. I was stoked. When I, when I saw Unlucky, I was like, yeah, that's me. I want to be on that show because you know how I read your emails. It's in my, in my work. I'm massaging people while reading emails with my feet, you know. It's good. And uh, I saw the Unlucky and I was like, yep. I've always considered myself super unlucky. I'm not quite sure if that's just because like I'm stoned all the time and i just not paying attention. I don't know. Did you do it because today's Friday the 13th? So you're smart. I was like, oh my God, she doesn't even know. Like, Because <laughs> I'm so stoned. Those caramels are fun. Um, Today is Friday the 13th. It's actually uh, a lucky day. I don't know if you knew. TED Talks by Katie Carnes. <laughs> there you go. Um, I, I am very unlucky, but today I was really like, I was, uh, was having a good day. I went to the MoMA, took myself on a self date. It's not really luck. We make our own luck is what I'm saying. <laughs> I did um, give these two women a ride from MoMA though. They were like, out, out, you know, at townies, they were like, oh my God, this is crazy. My Uber isn't working. And I was like, let me take you. It was, they gave me 10 bucks. It was, I know. I bought a beer with it. It was, I make my own fucking luck. Do you understand? I, I uh, do really believe that though. We manifest our own destiny, right? Because like, we have to be lucky enough to like, be aware of the our body reactions to our environment. Does that make sense? Like, so when you're like doing things in life and you're like, your body goes, <laughs> maybe not, maybe don't do that. <laughs> hey, maybe that's not a good idea. Mine isn't very confident. Usually, like people are like, nah, bitch, you should stay away from that. <laughs> Mine's like, hey, maybe I don't know, it's a good idea if you know not me. <laughs> And I, ne I need to tell you that before I told you this story because this is like the most unlucky week of my life. And uh, so I was gonna go on this like trip. I like made this like um, crowdfunding thing. I was gonna go across the United States and like massage across America. And I was like gonna do all these things. I was just making up a reason to travel. I just wanted to get out and I was like, I wanna do it, Wh whatever. And so I went to Vegas, I documented that. I went to LA, I documented that. And on my way, leaving LA, I was packing up my shit. And then I was like saying goodbye. And I went to go see this psychic. And I was like, hey, I'm on this trip. It's gonna be amazing. I'm gonna like create all, create all these things, you know? 
I would, I'm just here for you to tell me that this is the trip that I need to be taking, right? And he was like, yes, mm-hmm, girl, yes, all of it. Your life is going to be amazing. This is what's going to put you on the map. Oh, my God. By the way, you're a black woman in a white woman's body. I don't know if you knew. <laughs> he straight up told me this. I'm not kidding. I was like, yeah, I know, but... Um, <laughs> But keep talking. And he was like, yes, yes. And I was like, is my mom going to be okay? Yes. Oh, my God. I was like, yeah. So I got on the road, like, stoked. I was like, I'm going to be someone. And I pulled over to take some pictures, and I realized my camera was gone. Right? So someone robbed me from L.A., and I didn't notice until I was halfway there. I was like, okay. It's fine. It's fine. I'm fine. I have my GoPro. I'll keep going. I'm going to borrow my brother's camera. So I came to San Francisco, same day. I come here, and we go to a nice dinner. He's just treating me nice because I got robbed, you know? Beautiful dinner. Come back to my car. Someone smashed my back window, took all of the things out from my car, spread it on the sidewalk like a fucking garage sale, stole but all but one dress. That fucker has good taste. He does. I've been looking for that fucker. I'm like, because it was sparkly as my Vegas dress. I was pissed, okay? So I was like, no, it's fine. No, it's fine. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. But I have to go home. I have to fix my car. Da, da, da. So the next day, I go to visit my mother, who was living in a... Uh, she was sick at the time. And so she was in this hospital thing, and they were like, hey, mm, she's going to have to get out. We don't do this whole insurance thing, you know. I'm like, yeah, government, thank you. And so she had to move, and I had to move her into my house, so I had to quit. And then she died two weeks later. Uh, how lucky, unlucky am I, right? So that's my story. So I'm really glad I should have just talked about cats. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know, I do hate cats. I totally hate cats. But it really isn't the cats, Pam. It isn't the cats. I mean, I like, I like kittens, um, but it's just the cat people. It's you, Pam. Have you seen my cat? Have you seen him? You wanna see it? And they like take out the phone, like, oh my God, look at it. And then they look at the phone, and they look at you, and then they look at the phone, and they look at you. Oh my God, do you see it? And they're just smiling. Just, and my face is like this, because I don't like cats. And it's real fucking awkward, and I gotta be like, sorry dude, we're not on the same level. Um, so cats suck, uh, that's a thing. I am very unlucky in jeans. Anyone else? I got kind of cursed by my parents. Mom gave me chin hairs. That's fucked up. I didn't think that it was going to be such a thing. Like, she used to be like, hey, come get me these chin hairs. And I was like, mm, no, gross. You're sick. And she's like, well, it's going to get you. I was like, I'll be 50 by that the time. And then she died. And then boop, 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 boop. Uh, you know, like, it's, they just keep coming. And it's just like, I'm like Tim Allen and Santa Claus. <laughs> like, every time I do it, just poof, like 18 more. It's just... It's real fucked up. I got a bad picker, too, because uh, daddy issues. Anyone here? <laughs> anyone? No one? Come on, it's San Francisco. 
I don't believe you. <laughs> I got a bad picker, you guys. I could see a, get a, uh, a guy getting pulled over, getting a DUI, and I'd be like, hey, <laughs> call me. <laughs> you only got one call, right? <laughs> right? That worked one time, though. That's, that's not, a, it's not a good, good call. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, fell in love and Googled him. Don't do that. <laughs> I was the only one who came out alive, so I am lucky there, so that's good. Hmm. Well, I just didn't want to bring it down. Maybe I did. I don't know. Unlucky. We're unlucky right now, huh? Trump? That's a thing. Mmm, mmm, psycho note, sitting in cake. I don't know where that note is. Uh, that's kind of unlucky. I mean, unless, like, you're making money from it. Hmm, <laughs> there was so much to talk about being unlucky. But that story was so sad, huh? There was supposed to be something funny there. Hmm. I, uh, I am quitting my job. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to go out and do it on my own. Yay. It's not going to work. I'm going to go running back, but it's fine. Um, but I was feeling myself at work today, and uh, I'm a massage therapist, and so I brought them back, and I was like, uh, so what are we doing today? What's happening in your body? Yeah? And he was like, yeah, it's my neck and my back. And without thinking, I said, like my pussy and my crack. <laughs> <laughs> That sucked, because he didn't give me a tip, and he didn't know that song, so. <laughs> Just luck, unlucky everywhere. Hey, you guys have been fun. I'm getting out of here. Goodbye! Katie Carnes, we were lucky to have her. Hell yeah! Woo! Even though she doesn't like cats, I still like her. Yes! Your next comedian is actually... Two comedians. Exciting things are going to happen right now. Uh, I have no idea what's going to happen. We got some sketch comedy coming up for you right now with your next comedian. Uh, he is a great guy. He runs a show every Sunday from 2 to 4 here on the station called Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. And it's a really great show. And he watches a full length movie with a different guest every week. And it's Evil Knievel this week. Oh, my God. So, And he has a website on the side where you can listen to the podcast and watch the YouTube video with him and his guest. And it's a lot of fun. And it gets really weird. And those movies are, I mean, bad, like, oh, wow. They're all on YouTube. So they're all free. And they all roll for free. Uh, they're great stuff. And he's going to be here right now. Everybody, put your hands together for Mike Spiegelman. I'm Gary Owen, and please welcome the hosts of Laughin' 2000, Rowan and Martin's Laughin' 2000, Rowan Jr. and Martin III. We got a great show lined up. We got a great show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, I've been microdosing. <laughs> microdosing? What's that? Microdosing is when you take small doses of LSD to help you focus throughout your day. How's it going? Is it working? Elephant gravy. <laughs> All right. I told you that wasn't going to work. 
Oh, all right. Okay. Disaster, Spiegelman. All right. Well, we should do it. Let's. All right. All right. Okay. Wait, wait, okay. Wait, wait, wait a second. I'm gonna go in this here. Okay. We're gonna do that cold open. All right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start over. So, all right. Here we go. Stage all right. is a theatrical performance stage. All right. I gotta act. I'm acting. I'm acting. I'm acting. I'm acting while I'm singing. <laughs> I'm doing some acting business on stage. Ooh, too hot. Ooh. Ooh. All right. Uh, get into character. Be in character. Be the character. <laughs> Hi, I'm Mike Spiegelman, public figure. Perhaps you know me from internet. <laughs> the number one self-promoting tool of the year 20XX. <laughs> I came here to talk about a couple things, like I'm eating a sandwich, politics, shaming, schooling, schooling shaming, shame schooling. Becoming a substitute teacher. No, I'm kidding. Sport schooling online. But first, I want to tell a couple of my famous salad jokes. Anyway, so a head of iceberg lettuce walks into a bar, and the bartender says, hey, no. we got an outside garden. No. What? No. Hey, no. What? Hey, stop yelling at me. No. Stop yelling at me. What are you, some kind of dick? I'm not a dick. I'm disrupting your show and shattering it and making it better by forcing you to evolve in real time to emerging situations. Well, that's, that sounds like uh, not making it better. That sounds like improv. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I'm probably wondering, no, I'm probably wondering who you are. So who are you? Are you some kind of professional or a teacher or some kind of expert? Oh, I'm not an expert. I'm an internet expert. <laughs> I'm Dick Peter Johnson, CEO of Dick's Rupter. You are a dick. <laughs> the hyper-gross venture wax Sharda that disrupts live performances and changes the world by making everybody hate and see everything they're watching. Well, that, that doesn't sound good. That makes it sound worse. Yeah. And why would somebody with experience uh, get advice from someone with no experience? It's called crowd-worsing. Crowd-worsing? <laughs> oh, crowd-worsing. Crowd -worse. crowd like, like, oh, it's a play on word. Yeah, word play, word play. <laughs> All right, wordplay is fun. Funny, fun funny. is funny. Yeah. Funny, All right. Well, uh, no, that's funny. This is All right. Okay. Now this is good. Yeah. We got. Oh, I like that. I think this is a good cold open. I think this is a great show. Yeah. It's a good cold open. Yeah. We're doing. We're doing good. Yeah. Take it easy, man. We're doing great. Yeah. This is like a gold open. That's more wordplay. Yeah. All right. That's funny. All right. All right. We should probably have some kind of like intro or something. What are we doing next? What do we normally do in sketches? I don't know. All right. Let's do an intro. All right. So then there's like an intro. All right. And it's an animated intro. And then, um, and then I'll come on. And, uh, first, I have to read this okay. tonight. I, I, I apologize. It's so new. There's no way I could have memorized any of this, okay? All right. Welcome to Newsish, the online news show that you believe because chemtrails. <laughs> right, left, wrong, all that matters is it's fake. News for a post-fact world with your host, two-time self-award winner, Rand Alexson. I'm Rand Alexson, and I'm a red-faced man broadcasting from his basement. That's how you know I am not compromised by my, any special interests. <laughs> Only my own mesmerizing psychopathy. <laughs> oh, here's one thing I just heard. The liberal recount finds that Trump's numbers were inflated, and there were numerous instances of voter suppression. But Trump tweeted it was sad, so that proof is a lie. <laughs> Lamestream media is to try to inform you and apprise you with science-based facts uh, based on the dark god science. Black, elsewhere, Black Lives Matter is merging with KKK to form KKK BLM, or kkk boom. <laughs> you see the way the buildings are melting? 
The great Lord Trump brings forth his alternative truth to the doorway. Elsewhere, a man in a Guy Fox mask was yelling on a street corner about chemtrails and vaccines, and he was asked to be quiet. The dark hand of the Clinton at play. <laughs> now, Julian Assange. I uh, don't really have to do anything. I'm just relaxing. I did what I was paid for, right? <laughs> now, uh, Newsish is brought to you by Regard, the selfie trademarking attention keeper. Make sure you get all the likes your personal, uh, personal, your personal, your, make sure you get all the likes your persona merits. Guard your regard with Regard. And our partner series, Maximum Life. Do you want to live life to the max? Space dive off an orbiting asteroid. Eat your way across a city in the throes of a race riot. Perform battlefield surgery with little or no training. <laughs> live life to the max. Maximum life. I'm Dirk Janus. <laughs> a trust fund biz school grad who launched several startups, then always dumped my stock <laughs> magically before they cratered, and I had maximum perfect timing, and I made maximum money with maximum coincidence. But life isn't just about being rich and dabbling in rich, high-powered things. It's not enough to just be a VC funder, an entrepreneur, a capoeirist, and a marriage, canine marriage counselor. I like to live every second to the extreme of reality. I like to live life to the maximum. And I want you to come with me, or at least be totally jealous that I'm doing these things. <laughs> live life to the max as I jump off this solar flare. Ah! I'm burning to the maximum! Ah! News-ish. Up next. What a guy I am, huh? Oh, yeah, right, yeah, what a great uh, guy. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, up next is a special message from the American Bacon Advisory Board, or ABAB. Hello, I'm Michael Kane. This is my partner, Francis. Hi, everybody. How are you? Now, to make it into today's society, you need to have a job. And to get work, you can't choke during a job interview. Now, today, we'll discuss the do's and don'ts of job interviews. Uh, thank you, Sir Caden, for coming here for the job interview. Uh, it seems that I don't have your resume on my desk. What's a resume? Well, a resume lists your previous job experience. I once drank my father's entire liquid cabinet, including his beloved stock of Remy Martin. <laughs> I see. Well, <clears throat> Sir Caden, why do you want to work for my company? Now this question is the most important question of the interview. Relax, take a deep breath, and above all, remain confident. Are you talking to me? <laughs> yes, uh, why do you want to work for my company? My goal is to steal from your company. I'd start small with pencils and pieces of office paper. Then I'd work my way up to office furniture and computers. I've been stalking your wife for months. I see. Security. <laughs> now, go in for the kill. Hang on there, Francis. I've saved the best for last. Hire me, and I'll give you free bacon. <laughs> <laughs> what, Nathaniel Bacon, the 17th century colonial leader? No, not Nathaniel Bacon. I'm talking fried strips of mouth-watering pork bacon. Bacon? I love bacon. Each piece will be fried sizzling bacon, Baconing with bacony bacon goodness. Oh, I can't stand it. I gotta have it. You're hired. <laughs> Remember, in the art of the deal, everything goes better with bacon. <laughs> Here's another example. Sir, try some sausage. Oh, no, my religion forbids me. I'll place bacon on top. Deal. <laughs> bacon is also featured in every one of the summertime blockbusters from the summer of 1998, including Armageddon. 
Oh, starring Bruce Willis and Ben Affleck. I can't, I can't do it. Yeah, you can do it. No, Go no, no, no. I'm Ben Affleck. I'm a terrible actor. I, I can't do it. Look, 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 look. Here. <clears throat> I see dead people. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm Batman. That's pretty bad. That's pretty bad, huh? Yeah, all right. Yeah, thanks, Bruce. Hey, uh, hey Bruno, at least I have a Oscar on my mantle. What are you trying to say, huh? Well, I'm just saying, out of the two people in this spaceship, I have an Oscar, fucker. Yeah, motherfucker, look at me, huh? I'm rocking back and forth. I'm switching my face up. I'm fucking... All right, I, I see you, fossil fuel. Uh, you mother... Uh, Not my face! Bacon, bacon, bacon. Bacon, bacon, bacon. Bacon. I'd slap my mum for some bacon. Bacon, must I mock me? Bacon. Bacon tastes good. It sure does, Francis. It sure bloody does. So remember, the next time you're at a job interview or life experience, bring along the gold. The crispy fried pot gold. Bacon. bacon. I, love bacon. bacon. Right. I love Let's bacon. Let's get some bacon. Let's Let's get bacon. Get bacon. Yeah, all right, bacon. Oh, thank you, everyone. We've got yeah. some bacon. And just so you guys know, that was like a, that was a, that was a solid, that was another, that was a hot 10, hot, hot, out the door, perfect. That was lovely. That was really funny, you guys. Yay! Give it up for Mike Spiegelman and Colin, yay! Uh, hey, Mike, do you want to do some stand-up of your own, just of your own? You don't want to, you don't want to, you don't do stand-up anymore. No, 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 I just, uh, I did my time. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I just I don't I, I, I just I don't I don't see our, our next comedian here. We can we can move on to the Yeah, okay, good. That would be great. Hey you guys. Again, uh, he he does stand up on his own. He also runs a show every Tuesday in Oakland at the layover. It's a great show. Put your hands together right now. By himself, just doing comedy, Mike Spiegelman. Thank you. The very definition of outstaying your welcome uh, is right here. My name is uh, Mike Spiegelman, and you just saw me perform uh, for 10 minutes. But I do want to give it up for Connor, who runs a show the same night as uh, myself, uh, just a block and a half away. Right? <laughs> hey, we're, we're, we're celebrating our seventh anniversary. There's also uh, uh, Starlight. Starline has a show. Comedy does not exist in a vacuum. There are shows every night and multiple nights, and that is called uh, the electricity. The electricity and the excitement of comedy. I, lo I live and breathe comedy. I, I get to the point where you ever have like a good comedy revenge dream? Where, you know, because it, it wears you down. And dreams is a great way to just release it. And I dreamt I was at Zootropolis, Zootopia, and uh, if you're European, right, or no? Uh, and, I was in that world, and I was sitting in the audience of the uh, Cricket Comedy House, and this cricket gave a very long joke, uh, and at the f uh, after the punchline, I said, I'm talking really loudly, human talking really loudly, and the crickets got really upset. <laughs> and then I kept dreaming. I didn't wake up. I just kept dreaming. Sometimes you say, oh, and then I woke up. But actually, I kept dreaming. I have my, my dream journal, if you guys don't believe me. Oh, shit. Listen, um, if you happen to see a small notebook that says Mike Spiegelman's personal dream journal here in the studio of uh, Mutiny, um, don't read it. <laughs> it should be a little... Lo oh. I didn't lock it. 
All right, so look, it says, you can't miss it, it's bright yellow, and there's a, a pony, and riding a dolphin, who's a unicorn, it's a unidolph. It's Lisa Frank. And uh, it says, Mike Spiegelman's personal dream journal, do not read, and then my brother's name. And then um, <laughs> it's a little lock, which should technically be locked, but if I remember correctly before I got on stage, it is unlocked. So just please, if you see it, don't read it. That's my, my secret, my personal uh, dream journal. Uh, hi, anyway, a little bit about myself. <laughs> I'm I mean, uh, I'm awake, I might as well tell you. Uh, <laughs> We're in, we're, in, we're in present sense. Uh, a little bit about myself. Uh, I have my ATM PIN number is uh, the same four digits as my IQ, 00068. Uh, one time, I, I, someone dropped their debit card on the sidewalk, and uh, I picked it up, and I put it in my back pocket, and the guy said, hey, did you just steal my ATM card? Right? And I said to him, hey, what's your wife's birthday? <laughs> Just the date and the month. If it's June, can you say 06? I, a little bit about myself, I was uh, walking down uh, Florida and I saw a caramel apple on the sidewalk, so I picked it up and I ate it. It's okay to fuck up in life. It's like what I always say. Hi. Yeah, hey, hi. 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 Good to see you. KT, how are you doing? Hey, how's it going? Oh, I, I'm killing. Well, hey, Katie, I was uh, walking down uh, Florida and I saw a caramel apple on the sidewalk and I ate it. It's okay to fuck up in life. It's like I always say, you'll live twice. No. No, I fucked that up. Let me start over. So I was walking down Franklin, uh, no, uh, Florida, and I saw a caramel apple on the sidewalk, and I ate it, and it's okay to fuck up in life. It's like I always say, yo, low. This is live, right? Well, we could cut, I could, <laughs> I can edit that, right? Uh, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut that joke out. Uh, all right, so thank you, guys. I'm gonna, I, I saw the very definition of uh, I was saying my welcome. You just missed me. I did 10 minutes with another guy on here, and uh, it was fascinating. So. <laughs> Oh, you know what? I j I'm, I'm about to leave, but you came in here and you ruined me on, so now I don't know what to do. Do, what, do. do that thing about the dad. We're not drinking. Oh, yeah, all right. So uh, my name is, uh, uh, all right, fair enough, yeah. So uh, uh, I do have a daughter. I am a dad. All right, so I mean, I am married. I, I'm sure, we're, who's not? Any beautiful people here? Anyone? Not so? All right. Well, you know, your priorities change. Your priority, uh, my priority now is uh, to get the fuck out of the house. But uh, I took uh, my daughter to uh, work, take your daughter to work day. And at the end of it, I said, honey, now that you know what your dad does for a living, what do you want to do? And she said, dad, let's drink to forget. <laughs> uh, thank you. for him doing uh, his comedy. Hey, we're going to bring up an encore performance of one of our previous comedians because his friends came to see him and now they're here. So that's how we work here on the clubhouse. We say, oh, that's how it works. He's going to do different jokes. It's going to be great. You guys are going to love it. He's back. The smartest person I know, Connor Doherty. Whoa. 
I didn't think anyone, Pam didn't think anyone was coming to see me. I didn't think anyone was coming to see me. And then the tallest person I know walked in. And some other people that I've met at various points. I remember, see here's the thing. This guy can corroborate. I remember people from old shows. Cause he's Fugazi guy. This is, this is Shiny Legs guy. Different shows, by the way, for those of you who don't attend every, literally every show I do. <laughs> what were you going to say? I'm just talking weird. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I had some really good punk rock jokes at this one show that he was at. <laughs> you guys weren't. That's how comedy works. You talk about times when other people weren't there. Do I remember which jokes I did earlier? That's the question now. I definitely have other jokes. Uh, I didn't talk about the election, did I? No. Thanks, Ian. I know. I know you are. I, I was sorry. Every. <laughs> I realize that everything I say just drips with contempt, and like. <laughs> I was just actually saying thank you to you. Uh. So yeah, I mean like on the election night, I'm sure that I went through the same thing that a lot of you did. I was just sitting there watching the TV just like in shock, disbelief as the Minnesota Timberwolves lost to the Brooklyn Nets. It's just like, come on! We were talking about the playoffs this year. Playoff teams do not lose to the Brooklyn Nets. I was very sad about the election results though. Uh, do you guys remember Proposition F in San Francisco that would have allowed 16-year-olds to vote in citywide elections? I, it didn't. <laughs> wow, I didn't even have to shut you down. Your friend did. <laughs> it, it did not pass, and I was very disappointed because I was planning to run for city supervisor on the platform of beer and hand jobs. <laughs> And I was really counting on that youth vote. <laughs> when we're in the bunker together at the end of the world, <laughs> that was a callback to my earlier set. I don't like the term callback. It was an intertextual echo. Speaking of basketball, I think it was just yesterday, the NBA had their international games. Like they play games in other cities to try to build the popularity of American professional basketball. And so they had some that made sense. Like I think it was like the Phoenix Suns and maybe the Houston Rockets in Mexico City. It's like teams that are close to Mexico and like could conceivably have Mexican, Latino, Hispanic, whatever fan base. And then there were the games in London where they just sent the Denver Nuggets and the Indiana Pacers, which is fine. They're both fine teams, but I like that what we're projecting to the world about America is like, we like gold and we like race cars. <laughs> yeah, that joke ends there because it happened yesterday. <laughs> it's happening in real time. 
guess I already did all those things on my hand. Uh, you guys ever seen the TV show Amish Mafia? What? It's a real show. It was... Someone back me up on this. Am I like, are you collectively gaslighting me? Like, that, that never happened. It is a, it's an, it's an absurd premise for a show. It's like these guys who are Amish, but sort of like bad Amish, like they use cars and stuff. But it, it, like, it was on the Discovery Channel. I don't know if it still is, but I remember watching it several years ago. And so they don't use technology. That's one of their things. And so for this show to entertain themselves, they're spray painting these squares on the ground and they're guessing which square the cow is going to poop in. <laughs> And that sounds like so much fun. <laughs> you should move to Pennsylvania. <laughs> Pretzels, beer, Amish, folk, slow-moving vehicles, beards, buggies, Amish mafia, back to... <laughs> Uh, they're, they're spray painting squares on the ground and they're betting on which squares the cows are going to poop in. And so I'm watching these guys, and I didn't share your opinion. I was like, I don't know about this. Look at these rubes sitting around watching cows poop. I thought to myself as I sat there watching men watch cows poop. <laughs> oh, my God, you guys. The Amish are right. <laughs> Television is evil. <laughs> uh... I already did the universe thing. I have more space jokes, though. Um, so, did you? Thank you. This this audience. I I know what you guys want. <laughs> Vocal space jokes. You ever think about outer space? Yeah. Yeah, man. What's out there? Not much. Space is nearly a perfect vacuum, which must be why my wife is always asking for more of it. <laughs> Tell her, baby, this is why we got a mansion. Everyone can have their own room, and you have more carpet to keep clean. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. I'm not rich, I don't have a wife, and I don't believe in physics. <laughs> I look, whoa, there's a deal going down. I, I learned recently that that's not a good piece of information to share on a date. You, that you don't believe in physics. <laughs> it's always the most disconcerting when only Sun Tzu laughs. That's <laughs> <laughs> how I know I've hit on something <laughs> yeah, strange and salient. <laughs> but uh, don't, don't say you don't believe in physics on a date. They'll think you're a weirdo. So now I overcompensate. I go way the other way. I just like knock something off the table and be like, oh, gravity, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Newtonian mechanics, good enough for me. <laughs> Can stay on physics. Science. You guys are, you're consistent. See, it would have been distressing if I had told the space joke and then you're like, eh, move on. But you want more science. So I am a big fan of hip hop, of rap. Yeah. And so I am, I'm very conscious of 
how you know it's it's not a good thing like it's a it's a piece of culture that does not belong to me right and me as a white dude there's nothing worse than a white dude that's like a little too into hip-hop but on the other end it's bad if you don't like it at all right because like we don't have anything that good so you're just you're just racist but anyway like i've been to so you gotta you have to find a happy medium so i've been to a bunch of hip-hop shows and i've never actually been to a good one i assume they must exist right because people keep putting on hip-hop shows it's a super cool thing clearly there's a, such a thing as a good hip-hop show but i think that there's something like the heisenberg uncertainty principle where you can't know the position and speed of a particle at the same time like by observing one you alter the other i think there's a similar phenomenon with me in rap concerts where if i alt i when i view the rap concert i change the quality of the concert and make it shitty <laughs> Does that make sense? Like, by virtue of me being there, it's a shitty rap concert. <laughs> I don't go to shows anymore. I, go, I skipped Young Thug. Sad, but it was okay. Mm, okay, I'm going to close with a joke I told in the last set, because it's new and I like it. <laughs> deal with it there's a new enough audience they're new these people are new so I've recently been referred to as uh, I'd never been called this before and then twice in the past month people have called me twitchy call me a twitchy white dude people of all races have called me this we can agree on one thing and so I didn't really know what this meant so I looked it up and it's just it's not a positive connotation it's not a nice thing but that's just how I am I just shake so I've decided to take it back the next time I'm in a social situation where I might be nervously fidgeting I'm just gonna come out and say you, you know I'm aware that I'm not sitting still you might think that it's because I'm nervous in fact I am just trembling with raw sexual energy <laughs> it worked both times see it was a good decision thanks thanks Pam for letting me go again bye for two different sets, different jokes, except for the last one, but you got laughs on both times and it was still, I'd forgotten it by the time, second time you've said it. Uh, this is exciting stuff. Yay, thank you all for being here. Yay, yay. Europe at Pastors Comedy Clubhouse, that was Connor Doherty doing his second set. Thank you people who uh, came here to see him. That's very exciting. Your next comedian was supposed to be our headliner, but he's going to go up now because the other two people had other shows, I guess, or something else happened. So he's going to go for a long time. He's a hilarious human being. Uh, he's older than all of us. That means something. Uh, uh, but he has, a, he has a great show here on the station every Sunday from noon to two called The Edge of Insanity. And it is crazy. He tried one time to get me on his show. He wanted me to ride a Sibian. Do you know what these are? It's a fucking machine. And he's like, no, it's going to be on the radio. It's going to be fun. You're going to be on a fucking machine on the radio. And I was like, how is this going to be good? I chickened out. I couldn't. I was too scared. Uh, it was, no, I didn't ride the Sibian. Well, you know, I was thinking about, I was a little bit worried about like, um, uh, cleanliness. Yeah, I was like, are we going to, how do we, I mean, 
I mean, I'm not, I have, I have two dildos at home and I try to keep them clean, but they still smell a little weird. You know what I mean? Like they're still, so I don't know like what the, and that's, and I, well, I don't know what was going on through the I didn't use the machine. Uh, anyways, he's a genius. He's a really funny guy. You guys are going to enjoy him so much right now. Clap your hands wildly for Paul Brumbaugh. Yeah. Holy shit, keep it going for Pam Benjamin and the rest of the comedians you've seen this evening. Man, good to see you. Um, holy shit, so should I tell you, should we talk about the Sibian? We got a few minutes, let's talk about this. So how do you keep it clean? I actually had a guy on my show, his name was uh, Daka Diego was the guest, and uh, he's uh, considered the doctor of love. Okay, he actually runs a, an adult website called adulttoyrentals.com. Had to think about that. Yes, they rent them nowadays, that's right. And so what do they do? They cover it in saran wrap, wrap. They wipe it down with what they think called cavi wipes. Um, their cavi wipes are like what they use in hospitals, even more than sanitary wipes, when they actually had to use them uh, to clean all the devices uh, before, during, and after. They use gloves because the stuff is actually acidic or owie. So it has to dry thoroughly. So that was just one of the weird things. Um, what did we do? It's called, it was called a Sibian, not a Simeon. A Simeon is a monkey. Hey, people, this is the Mutiny Radio.fm. And the show you're tuned into is called. The Flat Black Plastic Show.
Thank you.